0: This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio with your host, Sheriff Joe
2: What's up Rams fans? Welcome back to another edition of Ram Showcase right here on Sports War Radio. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Audible with over 480,000 titles to choose from. You can get a free download right now and a free month of Audible. All you need to do is go to www.audibletrial.com slash Ram Showcase. I know you guys like to listen to your books. Don't play games with me. Uh, I am your host Joe Branham, but you can and should call me Sheriff Joe Bags. Laying down the law for you guys. First and foremost, I gotta say welcome back. We are back off the bye week. I did take the week off last week. There just wasn't really enough to talk about, and I didn't want to do just a Fan Queso episode. Uh, I, I mean, I kind of did, but didn't want to only do Fan casos. and there really wasn't any news. The team to get the week off uh, did return this week on Monday to the practice field and all that good stuff. Uh, but it was, uh, I needed a rest. I'm sure you guys needed a rest. It was one heck of a game, a Monday Night Football. It was absolutely insane, but we know the narrative of that game is, is absolutely crazy. Uh, me personally, I'm also a Texas A&M fan, so my most recent two games of my favorite teams have been absurd and have broken records and have been pretty awesome to watch. Uh, I'm not gonna have any, uh, any referee <laughs> references here though, but uh, thank you to the refs in, uh, in that A&M game. That was good stuff there uh we're gonna go ahead we have a lot of fan cases this week and some really good ones so i want to make sure that i have uh, plenty of time to answer those we have some really good ones this week we usually have some pretty good ones but this week in particular i think that i think there's so many uh, because i think everybody's kind of chomping at the bit a little bit there's this is some some pent-up questions that i'm being asked for this week uh let's go into some transactions for you guys right away uh, Aqib Tlaib has been designated to return off of IR, the Rams cornerback, sitting at 32 years old. He's the, he's the the wily old vet back there in the secondary for the Rams. Unfortunately, right now, I do not have word of who the Rams are going to cut slash wave in that situation. So we don't know who is leaving the Rams roster to make room for Aqib Tlaib. So uh, the second, of course, that I hear about anything, I will be posting it to the Rams Showcase Facebook page and Twitter page. That's the very first thing I do when I hear about uh, Rams showcase-worthy news is post it on the Rams showcase things so that you guys can enjoy that news as well. Uh, but again, uh, we just don't have the word yet on who that's going to be. But all signs are pointing to. Everything is, is good to go. Keep to Talib back in action for the Rams. And trust me when I say this is a good thing, okay, guys? So the Rams secondary has been kind of rough i guess uh, now the rams have dropped to 20th in defense earlier in the year they were top 10 so now they're in the back half of that which is not as awesome but it's okay because there's still plenty of football to go and the rams do have a pretty favorable schedule that's what i'll say on on that front so a keep talib excited to have him back and I, i'm expecting some cool things to happen for the rest of the year with the talib and marcus peters who definitely played better when a talib was opposite of him Let's get to some news and notes for you guys. The Rams can clinch the NFC West with one win the rest of the season, or just one Seahawks loss the rest of the season, which is pretty awesome. I know most people are kind of, every time I talk about the division, every time I talk about clinching the division, there's always somebody that posts something about, you know, that's not what we're worried about. We don't need to win or <laughs> like we're not worried about when we win the division. We need to do other stuff when we get to the playoffs and all that. And I get it. I totally get it. The Rams won that won the division last year. This year it's it's a virtual lock. I, I think the odds are like one to two fifty that the Rams don't win the division or something like that. It's it's absolutely crazy. The Rams are winning this division. But my point on that is uh first things first, and first things first is win the division, make sure your spot in the playoffs is locked in, and that's what happens when the Rams win one more game or the Seahawks lose one more game, of course, because the Rams do own the tiebreaker there, uh, having swept the Seattle Seahawks, and I know I speak for most Rams fans when I say I kind of hope the Seahawks just don't make the playoffs, not just because I'm not necessarily a fan of them, I'm not a fan of them in any capacity, um, I don't necessarily hate any other any NFL teams anymore, I've kind of grown out of that, uh, but... You know, I think the Seahawks, the the way that the Rams games went with the Seahawks this year, I just don't think I want to see them again. I don't want to see them one more time. This isn't like 2005 where we can beat them three times. Well, I mean, I guess we could. I don't see any way, reason why we couldn't beat them, but they're just kind of a thorn in our side a little bit recently. So I'd like to see them not make the postseason, but they do have a hill to climb to get there. Uh, The Rams can clinch a first round bye with a win at Detroit this week and then a win at Chicago in uh, in the following week, which will be Sunday night football. That game has been flexed. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be cold. Uh, We'll get into all that game, though, next week. Uh, This week is uh, we're on Detroit week. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. Uh, But with wins in the next two games, the Rams can clinch a first round bye. So at least, you know, we'll have that extra bye week in there and can kind of rest up a little bit more and then only have two games to play to get to the Super Bowl which would be uh, pretty cool if you ask me let's see here check out look out some odds the Rams are sitting at four to one odds to win the Super Bowl according to Las Vegas Uh, that is second behind the New Orleans Saints who sit at 11 to four so the Rams right up there and Saints the only team that handed the Rams a loss this year so I mean it makes sense that they're higher up but I just don't know, man. I just don't know. 35 points in the first half. I'm feeling pretty good if the Rams have to play the Saints again. Uh, let's see here. The Rams have 2-1 to one odds to win the NFC Championship game. That is obviously second behind. The Saints, again, the Saints sit at 3-2 odds. So very good odds for the Saints uh, to win the NFC Championship game. Uh, my, my thing here... Okay, so I'm just going to kind of go on a bit of a tangent. I didn't have this in my notes or anything. My point here in this regard is that the the rams i mean they gave up 35 points in the first half to the saints so i think that that game is not necessarily a good barometer to see how these teams play against each other uh, but also i'm gonna say that i think the saints are peaking a little early here and the rams are getting healthy they're getting some guys back and you know what i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and say that i'm pretty confident in the rams chances this year uh, but of course, we have, this has already been an amazing season. If nothing happens at the end of it where we don't get to celebrate and high five a lot, I think either way, this has been an amazing season. Let's take a look at some other stuff here. The Rams have a drop percentage of just 2.2%. 2.2% of balls thrown to these wide receivers are dropped that leads the NFL. That is absolutely amazing, especially when you consider just a couple years ago, the Rams were always at the top of worst teams and dropped passes. So this is amazing news here at just 2.2%. Some cool news for you guys. I I debated putting this one in here, but former Rams quarterback Luis Perez has been picked by the Birmingham Iron of the AAF which is a new football league that actually starts in February. So I know uh, for me personally, I'm excited. The NFL ends, we just get more football? That's perfect. That is absolutely amazing. I'm so excited. Uh, and then, of course, in a couple years, we get the, uh, the XFL, who just announced on Tuesday that uh, their only confirmed city right now of having a, an XFL team is St. Louis, which is semi-Rams related for you guys. I know I got a lot of E-Rams fans out in St. Louis so I'm happy. I'm happy that the city of St. Louis gets a gets a team. Uh that'll be pretty cool. Hopefully that league sustains, but personally I think the AA, AAF has a better chance, but we won't get into all that. This is the Rams showcase. Uh let's see here. Oh. <laughs> this is a, just a fun note and I've been kind of keeping up with this one all year. The Ram, the <laughs> the rest of the NFC West now has as many wins as the Rams and that just to me is just so delightful. You know, we're going into week 13, and the Rams are sitting at 10-1. and one. If you add up the wins of the rest of the NFC West, they have 10 wins. The Seahawks have six, and then the the, uh, Cara, uh, the Cardinals excuse me, and the 49ers each have just two wins. So they have as many wins as the Rams. And I'm going to venture to say that it's, it's probably going to be pretty close at the end either way. So that should be good. Uh, let's see here. Race for the number one seed. I'm going to keep up with this one for you guys and we're going to be talking odds and stuff like that as the as the weeks go on but right now the only information that i have for you guys that i want to go into is the rams remaining opponents as of right now are 21 and 34 the saints remaining opponents are 29 25 and 1 so the rams definitely have a more favorable schedule one of the more favorable remaining schedules in the entire NFL considering we get to play the the Cardinals and the 49ers and then of course you know the, the Lions that they're sitting at 4 and 7 that should be a winnable game but uh you know the Bears are 8 and 3 so that should be a tough one the Eagles 5 and 6 and then and then you got the other. so i mean the Eagles haven't been playing that strong as year i'd say our hardest game for sure is going to be the Bears that's going to be a, a fun one to watch, Sunday night football, two Sunday night football games in a row. That is just really cool. But I kind of also hate it a little bit because then I have to wait all day to watch the Rams, and that kind of bums me out. So uh, it's going to be okay, though. I think I'll manage. I think I'll make it through. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hop right in, though. We got this uh, Los Angeles Rams at Detroit Lions game coming up on Sunday. The Rams are 10-1. and 1, The Lions are 4-7. and 7. This game will be... At 10 a.m. Los Angeles time on Fox, uh, 10 a.m., I think this is the only early game of the entire season for the Rams, so that's a plus because sometimes it's a pain to get up that early and, uh, and go do Rams things. Sometimes I need a little bit of a, a buffers, buffer time, just being awake a little bit. Uh, this game, obviously on Fox, like I mentioned, if you guys want to check out the distribution map, I did post it on the Ram Showcase Facebook page. So you can check it out there and see if this game is going to be shown in your area. Uh, it's in Colorado Springs, so I get to watch it at home. I'm not going to because I think it's bad luck, but I'm going to go ahead and 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 do that. But make sure you guys check out the distribution map. Make sure you guys can watch this one uh, on your home television unless you have the ticket, okay, unless you got the Sunday ticket. The Rams are four and one on the road. The Lions are three and three at home. I was going to give you guys a weather update for this game, but it's a dome game, so I think you guys will be okay without the weather update. Let's take a look up, uh, take a look at the matchup of this game. This is the Rams offense versus the Lions defense. The Rams offense is second in the NFL. The Lions defense uh, 13th in total yards. Uh, passing the football the Rams ranked fifth the uh, Detroit Lions are tied for 13th against the pass running the football Rams second still haven't been able to get back to that first slot uh, the Detroit Lions though 19th against the run on offense or on point score the Rams are putting up 35.4 that definitely got helped on that Monday night game that is third in the NFL and the uh, Lions are giving up 26 points per game that is 24th now we we'll take a look at the Lions offense versus the Rams defense. The Lions offense is 23rd in total yards on offense. The Rams defense 20th now. That is a far drop from what they used to be. But I mean, that game against the Saints, the the game against the Chiefs, I think kind of inflated those a little bit. So I wouldn't say that 20 is necessarily wrong for a ranking for this Rams defense because it, it really hasn't, the defense overall hasn't been playing that, that great over the course of like the last probably seven, eight weeks. But I think those numbers are a, a touch inflated. Uh, passing the football, the Lions are tied for 15th and giving up, uh, the Rams are 19th in giving up uh, passing yards. Uh, running the football, the Lions are 23rd, the Rams' defense ranks 21st. Uh, points per game, the, the Lions are putting up 21.6, that is 21st in the NFL, and the Rams are giving up 25.6, that is tied for 20th some matchups to watch in this game we do have some interesting ones uh the lions the lions can be a very good team this this is a team that beat the patriots this is a team that beat the panthers this is a team that's played really strong at certain times and then some weeks they just look terrible so they're kind of hard to judge but uh, these are some matchups that i've that i've picked out for you guys so kenny galladay and marvin jones jr some detroit lions wide receivers uh, going against Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters, so Marcus Peters played his best when Akeem Talib was opposite of him, which is now going to happen again. So I'm interested to see how Marcus Peters plays in this game, and then of course I'm interested to see how Akeem Talib plays in this game, especially going against guys like Marvin Jones. So uh, you know, will that break? Will it hurt him, or will it ne- maybe help him? Maybe the rest, being a 32 year old corner, maybe this is almost uh, like a blessing in disguise that that Talib missed time. Uh, now that he can come back fresh for the stretch, which is kind of nice. Uh, the Lions interior offensive line, which is Frank Ragnow, Graham Glasgow, and Kenny Wiggins, and that's versus the Rams defensive line, which we know is Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, and Adamican Sue. So uh, this is going to be a very important matchup here because uh, Matt Stafford is pretty decent at throwing the ball on the run. So uh, not only are these guys going to be important, but that those edge rushers are going to be important. Samson Abukam had an absolute breakout game against the Chiefs with two touchdowns, an interception, a sack, uh, and, and of course he had the fumble recovery. Uh, amazing game for for Samson Abukam. How is he going to respond after that game? How is he going to come into this game? And then, of course, Dante Fowler. I don't think he's necessarily found his groove yet in the Rams' defense, so I'm looking forward to seeing what what Fowler and Abukam do on the edges, but I think it's all going to start with Donald Brockers and Sue right in the middle. And then, of course, Andrew Whitworth, who we've seen give up a lot of pressures. He was the one that gave up the pressure that led to the the Chiefs' defensive touchdown uh, when Goff fumbled the football and it was basically just handed to the Chiefs guy in the end zone there. But that's Andrew Whitworth. And, and you know, he's he's a very good tackle, a very, very smart player. But I, I think his, his age is kind of catching up to him a little bit. And I know some fans don't like hearing that from me, but it's the truth. I think that his age really is kind of getting to him. So he'll be going up against Ezekiel Ansah. And so that one I'm kind of, um, I'm interested to watch that matchup in particular is Ansah versus Whitworth. And I think that's going to be a very big matchup for this game and especially for the Rams offense. And then, of course, we got Brandon Cooks versus Darius Slay. Brandon Cooks has slowly, since that Saints game, uh, this is something that I mentioned after that game, is how is Brandon Cooks going to respond after that game? You know, it looked like he was playing with a little bit more of an edge playing against one of his former teams. And I wanted to see him do that in, uh, in games that were not against his former teams. And he's been able to do that. He has responded really well. Darius Slay, Obviously, an amazing corner, so I'm interested to see this matchup as well. I think it's going to be a good one to watch. Now, let's take a look at the history of this matchup. So, the Rams lead the all time series 43 41 and 1. The Lions have won three of the last four, though. So, uh Lions kind of having the Rams' number a little bit. The most recent game between these two was October 16th of 2016, the Rams' first year back in Los Angeles. The Lions won that game 31 28. The very first matchup of this uh, series was. On September 10th, 1937, that was a 28-0 to win for the Detroit Lions over the Cleveland Rams, because obviously in 1937, that was technically listed as the first year of the Rams, but they did exist in 1936, but they count that as a separate entity considering only two players and one coach returned in 1937. So the Rams history kind of starts in 1937, but they were really in existence in 1936, but uh, the Detroit Lions win over the Cleveland Rams there. The Rams' longest streak in this series is twelve wins. That was from the early 40s or the late 40s to the early 50s. And the Lions' longest streak in this series six. That's only that's it. Six wins for them, six straight, and that was in the late 50s to the early 60s. I do have another game teaser for this game uh, that will be posted on the YouTube channel on Thursday, and it will also be posted on the Rams Showcase Facebook page. On Thursday as well Uh, but we're gonna go ahead and hop right into our break on the other side we've got a whole bunch of fan quesos so you're not gonna want to go anywhere
0: for the latest news player updates and information go to elite NFC West the team at elite brings a mixture of personalities to the table with Smitty's live Q&A's you get the chance to have your football questions personally answered right there on the spot as well as throw down with some of the most knowledgeable admins of each team in the West From video blogs to stats, prediction, historical facts, and yes, even trash talk, Elite NFC West has you covered. Like us on Facebook today and represent.
2: Now is the time to get your voice heard. Sports War Radio is now accepting applications for driven and knowledgeable sports fans who want to start their very own podcast about their favorite team. Sports War Radio has an international audience and is growing fast. Don't miss the chance to become the go to news source for your favorite team. Email sportswarradio at gmail.com and tell us why you would be a great addition to our team. Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin.
0: This program is simulcast on WRPR Rat Pack Radio. Go to ratpacksports.com for more information. Welcome to Sports War Radio, the premier all-encompassing sports radio talk on the web. Sports War Radio has something for every fan of every sport. Get the fan perspective on all the news surrounding your favorite teams. Don't miss any of the action. Follow Sports War Radio on Twitter and Facebook. Catch all of the action at Spreaker.com slash Sports War Radio. Remember, folks, Sports War Radio. Let the battle begin.
1: And now back to the Rams Showcase with your host, Sheriff Joe Baggs.
2: welcome back to ram showcase right here on sports war radio we're gonna get into our fan quesos, but first i wanted to remind you guys if you guys are not following ram showcase on on social media then first of all what are you doing second of all it's at ram showcase on instagram and twitter facebook.com slash ram showcase so make sure you guys go do it you know just do it it's not that hard and you get some really awesome rams information so make sure you guys do it uh we got some fan quesos though that's the second half and that's usually the second half so we're gonna hop right in these uh this one comes from John John wants to know name uh name two or more positives and two or more negatives that stood out in the Rams Chiefs game so I think one major positive that I'm gonna take away from this one is the clutchness of this offense and how they were able to just respond seemingly at will like it just seemed like anytime they needed to score, They needed to put up some points. They just went down the field and did it, and that was absolutely amazing. Also, another positive, I'm going to say the takeaways on the defensive side. Of course, the Rams did give up a lot of points. 51 points is a lot, Uh, but those takeaways were absolutely huge. I think that that was, I mean, of course, you take away the takeaways, and I mean, who knows what the Chiefs put up on us? So yeah, it's a lot of points that the Rams gave up, but They did what they needed to in the most important situations, you know, in the last two Chiefs drives were ended with interceptions. That's perfect. That's absolutely amazing. So uh, one thing that I've noticed over, you know, this, this season is when the Rams defense needs to step up and needs to do it and needs to stop a team, they're able to, and that's amazing. So um, I would say the only game that that didn't happen is the Saints game, but uh, overall, I think every time they've really just needed to close out the game, they've been able to do that, and that's great. Uh, some negatives, the Rams gave up 51 points. That's too many points. I'll say that. That's way too many. It's it's cool. It was a fun game, but how about we not do that again, all right? I'm just going to put it out there. Let's not do that again. If the Rams and Chiefs played you know, six more times in like a seven-game series, I don't know if the, if the Rams could, could keep doing that, but at the same time, I don't know if the Chiefs could keep doing that, so it's kind of an interesting one, but I would say there's just way too many points that were given up. And then uh, also in this game, I would say that a negative would be the offensive line play. Uh, and it's not that they even played bad because they really didn't. But in crucial situations, there were some mistakes uh, and some pressures given up on Jared Goff, uh, especially early. There were some weird times there where there's just no one open and, and he just was under pressure. So so I would say that those are, are my my two negatives I'm not gonna go too crazy on negatives. I don't want to give you too many negatives because this is uh this is not a Ram's bashing show <laughs> so uh, yeah but uh, thanks for your question John I really appreciate that one. that was a that was a good one that was, it seems like a long time ago, but that is the Ram's most recent game. so uh, let's take a look at this one here. uh Gary wants to know do you think uh going into the future Corey Littleton is better suited to play outside linebacker? No, I am actually, I'm one of the the weirdos, apparently, that thinks that Corey Littleton is absolutely an inside linebacker. I think, uh, you know, I keep hearing this. I keep hearing Corey Littleton needs to be put outside. The guy that I would put outside is Mark Barron. I, I think that he's just his body type. I think his play style, I think he's more suited to play on the outside. Corey Littleton is absolutely, in, in my mind, he is 100% a middle linebacker. And I I would I wouldn't want to see him move honestly, and especially now that that Abukam Abukam's been close all year, but he hasn't been able to really get home like he was able to do and and have a game like he did against the Chiefs. Uh, But then I mean, obviously bringing in Dante Fowler. uh, But Littleton is a starter, and now I think that the only place that he can and should start would be middle linebacker. Uh, Not only do I think that he's just suited for better suited for middle linebacker, but I think in our defense he's better suited. Uh, as a middle linebacker, uh, Lisa wants to know. I just wanted to know how you ended up becoming a Rams fan and not a Broncos fan. Love this question, Lisa. I, this one actually has been asked uh, a couple of times over over the course of the Rams Showcase lifespan, uh, which is which is like almost three years old now. So we're not yet a kindergartner, but we're getting there. Uh, but actually, it's it's kind of a cool story. I actually I'll go into it not too crazy for you guys. I'll give you a good understanding here. So basically what happened, uh, I was wicked young, because, I mean, I was born in 1991, so I was wicked young, and my dad took me to the uh, San Diego State at Air Force game. Air Force Academy, of course, is out in Colorado Springs. It's where the the Rams practiced the the week leading up to the Chiefs game. Uh, and I went to that game, and I the entire time, he just kept talking about Marshall Falk. He's like, we got to see this guy, Marshall Falk. He's incredible, all this stuff, and... And uh, lo and behold, I mean, he was incredible. I mean, I give, give credit to my dad there. He, he called it Marshall Falk is amazing. Uh, but that's kind of where it started. That, uh, Marshall Falk was the first football player's name. Well, second football player's name I ever knew. The first was Junior Seau. That was my dad's favorite player. He's a Chargers fan. Uh, and honestly, part of not being a Broncos fan is the Broncos fans. I don't mind the Broncos. I don't, like I said earlier, I don't really hate any NFL teams anymore Uh, But Bronco fans kind of drove me nuts growing up. You know, it didn't matter what was going on, uh, how good or bad they were. uh, They were always the best team. And no matter who you liked, no matter how good they were or bad, uh, they sucked and they would just talk trash. And this was my family. This was (laughs) the people that I, you know, was uh, spending holidays with and stuff. And it just kind of bothered me the way that they would talk about other teams, the way that they would. They would go about watching their games and they wanted players hurt and stuff like that. and I know that's not every Broncos fan, but the Broncos fans I was exposed to as a kid, you know, all my dad's my my mom and dad's friends, uh, my family members, uh, they were just aggressive fans and I just didn't really want to participate in that. And like even today I don't participate in any trash talk. I don't do that. I'm not gonna sit here and bash any teams. Uh, The most I'll say is like, oh, that team's not very good. You know, that's that's like the extent of my trash talk. But that is not the case for them. And still to this day, I mean, they I got messages of trash talk from these Broncos fans when we lost to the Saints. I mean, we already beat the Broncos and they still had to find a way. We're 10 and one. They waited all year, apparently, uh, to come out of the woodwork and, and talk trash to me and become Saints fans, apparently out of nowhere. Um uh, so yeah that was kind of a big part of it for me but also uh, just knowing Marshall Falk, uh and you know when he got traded to the Rams I started I was like oh okay, cool I'll just watch the Rams that's fine because I was watching him with the Colts and then uh you know over time I think when the Rams won the Super Bowl that year cuz that was my first year watching the Rams uh, so it kind of I do kind of I get it I know that kind of sounds like a bandwagon statement that I started watching the Rams the year they won the Super Bowl but in fairness they were coming off a 4-12 year so I didn't know if they were going to be good or not but I was really just mainly excited for Marshall Falk to win the Super Bowl that was like my main concern I was like yeah he did it like you know I was like so excited for him specifically but great game all around and then I think over time. I think it just kind of stuck with me you know it was just rooting for the Rams for so long and and I mean I will say I mean probably the fact that they were awesome right then was it probably helped but I think if I wasn't a Rams fan I probably would have defaulted to the Chargers just because that's my dad's favorite team so I'm not a Chargers fan I'm not going to wear Chargers t-shirts or anything by any means but for my dad's sake I hope they do well sometimes Uh, but yeah that's kind of the uh, the quick story on that one. Uh, Cody wants to know, grade Sue's season. Has he helped this team so far? I think he's disappeared a lot of times. Uh, you know, this is kind of, I would, this is a hard one, man. This is a really hard question for me to answer because uh, Sue is is a great player. He is an awesome player. I don't think anybody will deny that. Uh, but there are times when I've seen him going after the quarterback. Maybe he's got a free run at the quarterback and he slows down. And that's kind of frustrating me, man. Um, so I would say, He's playing well when he wants to play well, but overall, I think that he's just kind of not necessarily trying all the time and that's kind of hurting him. But again, I mean, this is, Sue's like a lease for us. We're just kind of leasing Sue for the season. He took less money to come play for us just because he wants a chance to play for a good team. So, I mean, it sucks that I I see that sometimes, but he is helping. I would say he's absolutely helping because who would, who would be playing if, if, if Sue wasn't that guy it would be Donald or uh, Brockers as nose tackle probably And then we'd see a lot more Ethan Westbrooks I think that just the Brockers Donald and and Sue combo though that little you know three pack is is strong it is very strong and I would like to see the run defense improve you know the Rams obviously just 21st against the run but and I thought it was going to be a little bit better uh, bringing in a guy like Sue but overall I'd say he's helped he hasn't hurt us Yet he hasn't, you know, done anything stupid yet. So, so far, I'd, I'd say he's doing fine. Uh, next one here from Cody: We need to sign Tebow and go for it after touchdowns. Do you agree? Absolutely not, Cody. I do not agree in any capacity. Although, I mean, if I had the option of Tebow or Mannion, I'd probably choose Tebow. To be completely honest, uh, as a backup quarterback, uh, playoff seed predictions. You know what? I am really, I'm not that worried right now. I think that the way everything's happening. The way this season's going, I think that right now, how the Rams are kind of being overlooked plays perfectly into our hands. Now everybody's talking about the Saints. Everybody was talking about the Rams the first half of the season. They're, the Rams are so good. We're, they're first in power rankings. You know, Can anybody beat this team? And then the Saints did it. And the Saints haven't lost since week one. And that is amazing. I think they're peaking a little early. But now all the media attention is now to the Saints. They're all talking about the Saints. Who can beat the Saints? What's going on with the Saints? Are the Saints ever going to stop? Are they gonna, They're they going to win it all. It's going to be Chiefs and, and, and Saints and stuff. I'm just going to let that happen. Let that happen. That's fine with me. I, that doesn't bother me like it does some fans. I, I don't want that kind of attention on my team. That's fine. Just talk about the Saints. Talk about how awesome they are. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say that I think the Rams get the top seed. I think the Rams can do enough. I think that their schedule is very favorable. there. there's a chance they don't win any or they don't lose any more games the, the rest of this year. And I do think that there's going to be one of those Panthers games against the the Saints I think is going to be a loss. Division games are always a toss up. Uh not so much when you're a team like the Rams facing teams like the 49ers and Cardinals. I think it's it's less of a of an impact there, but again, uh, of course the Seahawks that, that those were two tough games for the Rams, but I think the Rams, they have a more favorable schedule than the Saints. I think that the the Saints, you know, I think they're going to go fourteen and two, and I think the Rams are going to finish fifteen and one. That's just my predictions. Uh, but I think I do think the Rams get that top seed. And if we have to play the Saints again, they got to come to the Coliseum, which will be oh man, that atmosphere. I I almost want to go to that one. That might, that might be fun. Uh, Next one here from Cody. Has the MVP race become a popularity contest and the winner has the best narrative, not necessarily the most value? So in order to talk about MVP, first, I have to like preface this by saying the definition of an MVP is extremely skewed and extremely unclear at this time. Is it the person who literally brings the most value to their team? Uh, Because in that case, it should be a guy like Aaron Donald. Uh, but is it the guy who puts up the best stats? I mean, obviously that's Brees. Is it the guy who, if you took him off that team, it is dramatically different. That's Todd Gurley. There's, there's a bunch of players like that. You know, I can, I can go on and, and talk about, you know, you remove this one player from this team. That team is dramatically different, dramatically worse. If you take that one player and that's Todd Gurley for us. Um, but uh, so in order to in order to even answer this question, I gotta I gotta understand what your definition of MVP is, or or the voters' definition of MVP. I do believe it's more of a popularity contest, and quarterbacks are popular, especially in today's NFL. So you know, I am not necessarily expecting Todd Gurley to walk away with this award, but if there was a player who, if you were to pick on sheer dominance, sheer monstrosityness, that's, that, that's a word. And uh I you have to go to Aaron Donald. I think Aaron Donald's absolutely having a season there. He that he could be named MVP. Will he? Not likely. I doubt it. I would be extremely shocked if that happened. I'd be happy, but I'd be shocked if that happened. Uh so I don't know, man. It really just depends on your definition, and I think for most of the voters it is a popularity contest. We know last year Todd Gurley definitely outplayed Tom Brady, and the votes Todd Gurley got two, two votes to like 48 or however many votes there is, I think there's 50 people that vote, but it two votes for Todd Gurley. He clearly outplayed uh, Tom Brady last year, so yeah, it's kind of a popularity contest. But whatever, you know, it's it's cool. I'm not too too concerned about it, but I, it does kind of bother me a little bit that that Gurley got two votes last year. I understand losing, but two votes—only two people were like, "Yeah, Todd Gurley's a monster." I just I, I disagree with that. Let's see here. Uh, Cody wants to know, can we beat New Orleans in the Dome in the playoffs? So, is <laughs> a good question, man. Uh, I think we can. I think absolutely we can. The Rams let up 35 points in the first half, absolutely dominated the Saints in the second half, and I think that that's kind of what the Rams would go into as far as game plan wise. They would go in with that, that kind of mindset, and especially, this is the only team the Rams have lost to right now. So, if the Rams do end up playing the Saints, and say that is their only loss on the season, you know they're going to want to win that game. And I would be really bummed if the Rams go to the preseason, go to to New Orleans in the preseason lose, go to New Orleans in the regular season and lose, and go to the to New Orleans in the postseason and lose. That would drive me up a wall, 100, and that would that would drive me crazy. And I don't think for the the whole summer I would get over that. So hopefully the Rams could do that. But I think I think that the Rams can beat the Saints. I absolutely do. I think we have the personnel to do it and i it, i think going into the the first game we played with them i think we just had a poor first half game plan which has been kind of a common theme especially on the defensive side which i'm not stoked on but i think we absolutely have the firepower to beat the saints in the dome in the playoffs uh let's see here cody wants to know also cody loading it up nice man thank you uh If we had beat the Saints, would everybody still be saying the Saints are on another level? Because Colin Coward, for example, specifically said the Saints are on another level than everybody, and I disagree. I think the Saints and Rams are very close, almost 1A, 1B. Um, You know, I'm actually a fan of Colin Coward. I, I watch his show. I definitely respect that guy. Some of the things he says, I'm like, oh, okay, Colin, now relax, but... You know, this is actually the same exact things he was saying about the Rams like in like week seven, week eight, you know, that kind of stuff. So I'm not too concerned about it, uh, but I do think that if we would have beat, beat the Saints, then I, obviously this is – we would still be the team being talked about uh, by everybody. Everybody would still be, be saying how awesome the Rams are, and especially, I mean, if we beat the Saints, we're 11-1 and one, or 11-0 and 0 right now, so – that's some pretty cool stuff, but yeah, I'd say these teams are pretty close and I would even put the chiefs in there. I think that no matter what your top three looks like, as far as specifics, if it's not the, the, the Rams saints and chiefs, you're wrong. You're 100% wrong. If, it, if your top three is not including the Rams chiefs and the saints, I think any number and any one of those teams could be the first. I think any, any one of those teams could be the second and the third. So any order you put them in, I think that's, that's fine. I think that's totally fair. I could even, if you put the Rams at three, I, I, that's fine. I totally understand it. Yeah, the Saints are awesome. The Chiefs are awesome. And we beat them at home, especially in a weird week where we're supposed to play that game in Mexico. The The, the Rams have beat the Chiefs. So, I mean, yeah, it's a weird week and everything, but we beat them. So I think it's fair to put the, the Rams above the Chiefs. I think it's fair to put the Rams above the Saints, considering our second half in that game, head to head. But of course, the Saints won that game. So obviously, I'm not surprised to see them ahead. So I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain. I think I did a pretty good job there. I feel like you guys understand what I mean. Uh, But as long as those three teams are in your top three, then you're good. You're good to go. So, I mean, it's fine. The Saints are playing really good football right now. I mean, you got to give it to them. Give them credit. Give them credit where credit's due, man. I mean, they did beat the Eagles, but a lot of teams beat the Eagles this year. So, whatever. Uh, Next one here from Cody. Who's the biggest threat to the Rams other than the Saints? Most people seem to think it's the Bears. Uh, Bears are a solid team. Very solid team. Uh, but I would say there's there's probably like a, a team that we're not really thinking about right now that is like that just has the perfect game plan against the Rams and it might be a team like I'm trying to think of a team we haven't played yet. Uh, it, I mean, very well could be the Bears. I, I I'm definitely not necessarily concerned about that game. I'm intrigued by that game because I think in that game specifically, I think everything the Bears do really well. The Rams struggle against, so I think that that is a game that is going to be, we, we're going to need to do some things we haven't seen yet this year in order to come out with a win. Uh, but yeah, I think the Bears is, uh, on our schedule, I would say the Bears is, is the, the craziest game we have. Not even just because of their record, by the way, it's just because they're a good team. I'll uh, see here, Cody, if we don't win one playoff game, was this year still successful? I'm one of those total weirdos who uh thinks that having a great regular season is important and is awesome. So yeah, I think personally, for me, I think if the Rams don't, you know, go on to, to win any postseason games, I think it's absolutely a successful year. I think the Rams have done some amazing things this year. They've shown a lot. Um, You know, they've, they've gotten young players to, to produce, you know, these insane stat lines and it's it's just fun right now. So, I mean, football in its most basic essence is entertainment. And are you not entertained by a 10 and one season right now? I mean, if the Rams go 15 and one, I'm entertained. And that's really the purpose of football is to entertain us. So You know, I think either way, this is a a successful season. I don't think that the Rams are just going to lose in the playoffs, like, you know, one and done like last year. But uh, I think that everybody puts a little too much on the rings and you don't win the ring, you know, you're not the best. You know, everybody likes to point to, to Tom Brady being the goat because he has the rings. Well, I mean, he's, yeah, he's got the rings. That's awesome. But I think Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers are better quarterbacks than him. They've only got one. So It kind of just depends. And for all those people that say that are listening to me right now, literally right now saying, what are you talking about, Joe? Like, obviously, the rings is what matters. That's what's important. Well, where's Eric Dickerson's? Is he not now one of the greatest running backs of all time because he doesn't have a ring? I disagree with that. Absolutely. I think if you look at, you know, his his first two seasons, his first two amazing seasons, one of those where he broke the single season rushing yard record. I think that alone, I mean, if you if you only count rings, then that record doesn't matter. Then none of this matters. Then what am I doing here right now, talking to you guys, talking about the Rams and the Lions matchup in week 13? Then that game doesn't even matter, because the Rams are going to go to the playoffs, and if regular season doesn't matter at all, why is this game, why are you listening to me? Why are you going to watch this game? Because the Rams are going to go to the playoffs, why don't you just wait, take the month off, and come back in January and check out the Rams there. And I just don't think that's the way it is. I think the the, the entire season in every aspect of it is amazing. I love the combine. I love the draft. I love training camp news when that comes up. I love the free agency period. I like preseason. I like the regular season. I like the postseason. I like all of it. I'm just a big football fan. I don't think that the postseason is the only thing that matters. Um, so, yeah, I hope that made sense to you. <laughs> let's see here uh next one here from Cody Rams Pro Bowl predictions I'm gonna say Goff gets in Gurley gets in I think Andrew Whitworth and Austin Blythe get in on the offensive line and Roger Saffold I think those are those three are kind of like locks Andrew Whitworth probably having I don't want to say his worst season but one of his worst seasons so far this year uh, and if this is one of his worst seasons you can just imagine how good he's been for most of his career he's absolutely amazing uh, but I would say if there's going to be one guy on the offensive line that's left out, I would have to say it's Sullivan. He's not really playing uh, amazing. He's playing very well, playing at a high level, but he's not playing at that elite level. Uh, and then, of course, you got you got Don- Donald is going to go for sure. Uh, I would say uh, maybe John Johnson. I think John Johnson can make it. Uh, Johnny Hecker, because he, he's the best punter in the league. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a pretty solid showing for, for the Rams at the Pro Bowl, but hopefully they don't have to play that game. So fingers crossed. Let's see here. Rams yearly awards contenders this year. This one's from Cody as well. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going to just assume your question here. I'm just going to translate your question myself. Uh, so you said Rams yearly awards contenders this year. So I'm going to go with NFL awards. I think that, uh, as far as the MVP race, I think that might slip away from the Rams this year, and that's okay. I think that might go to Drew Brees, and that's fine. I think coach of the year, I think you have to give it to Sean McVay again. I think your offensive player of the year could potentially go to Gurley, uh, but I also think that Goff would be in that conversation as well. And right now, I think I'd put Goff ahead of Gurley uh let's see here uh defensive player of the year I think it has to be Aaron Donald if there's going to be anybody that that kind of steps in and takes that away from him I think it'd be Khalil Mack um overall though I think that one's pretty safe I think that that one's gonna go to Aaron Donald and he'll be back-to-back winner for that one but I think that's that I think that's that's, I mean how many awards even are there I think (laughs) I know that's a kind of a silly question but uh, I think that those are like the big ones, obviously, and that's that's what I'll go into. But I think that, that Goff has an absolute solid chance to win um, Offensive Player of the Year. But you know, his competition is tough. I mean, you got Mahomes and then uh, Breeze. You know, you got some good good players in the league. So I would say that uh, the biggest lock I would give would be Aaron Donald for Defensive Player of the Year. And then behind that, I'd put Sean McVay for Coach of the Year. Now, let's see here. This one comes from April. How do you rate Coach McVay and what he's brought to the team? I don't know if I can even rate this. I mean, ten out of ten for sure. I mean, that's I mean, the, the, since McVay has become the Rams head coach, the Rams are eight and zero against the AFC. Uh, he has won multiple games after every single loss. So, I mean, if you look at everything, four and zero in prime time. I mean, this team with McVay and this team with Fisher are so dramatically different that it's almost, it's almost jarring to see the, the difference in, in the quality of products that the Rams put on the field under Sean McVay. And he just commands that attention. That's something that Jeff Fisher never did. And you know, one, one of my favorite things about, um, about McVay, and this is something that I haven't really mentioned since he kind of first got here and got kind of his first few games was, I mean, if, if there was a press conference with, uh, with Jeff Fisher at the end of the game, and they say, "Well, what happened?" And he'd be like, "Oh, well, we didn't execute." And I hated that. That absolutely drove me insane. What Sean McVay says is, he's like, "I gotta do better. I gotta make sure I'm putting I'm putting my players in a position to where they can succeed." And I loved that. I loved that that, that difference, you know, from they didn't get it done to I didn't do a good job. That was absolutely massive to me. So I don't, I don't think that that can even be rated for like. Totally. I think that Sean McVay and what he's brought to this Rams team is unreadable. Let's see. Next one here from John. How much do you think the Rams defense will improve having to lead back uh, an improvement on communication? As he said, has been a problem and the reason for some big plays against us. Yes, absolutely. Communication was literally the reason that the Rams gave up that that pass to uh, Michael Thomas against the Saints, which pretty much put the game out of reach. That was the problem there. So, uh I mean, Peters, I, got, I give tons of credit to Peters because at the end of that, he said, I didn't make the play. I have to make that play. I have to step up. I have to be the one. I didn't cover my guy. When really, John Johnson was not in position. He was supposed to be the safety over the top on that play. So, you know, I love that mentality, but the communication absolutely has to get better. If that communication was there, maybe the Rams win that game and that's something so simple is just knowing where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there and then being there and that just didn't happen on that on that play which pretty much you know locked in the the win for the Saints so i think it's absolutely going to be huge i think Taleb coming back uh, you know he's a leader and i don't think he's going to put up with that i think he's going to be making a little bit more sure that everybody's in the right position and it's been a problem i mean if you're watching Rams games, if you go back and watch Rams games, there's a lot of times that, that corners, you know, right up to the snap are looking at other guys doing signals and stuff like that. And then the ball snapped and the receiver's running by him, you know. So it has been a problem, and I'm I'm hoping that a, a guy like Talib, who has that leadership ability, uh, comes in and kind of corrects that. And I feel good about him being able to do that. Uh, Kelsey wants to know, I keep telling <laughs> telling you we need to get Kaiser on the field ASAP. Do you think Wade Phillips knows that? Do I think Wade Phillips knows that you think we need to get Kaiser on the field? I'm not sure, uh, unless you tweet him, uh, son, at son of bum if you're interested. But uh, Kaiser, uh, this is what I'll say on this right now. Uh, we're in week 13, and there's some guys that we all want to see. We want to see Kaiser. We want to see – I want to see John Kelly. Uh, we have a lot of people that want to see Oboe. Uh, so there's a lot of guys out there that were that were interested to, to watch play but we're in week 13 right now if the rams coaches were really itching to get these guys on the field it would have happened by now so i think that this is kind of one of those situations where yes understand i understand personally why i would like to see kaiser and why you would like to see kaiser i understand why i'd like to see john kelly i'd like i'd like to see o- o- Obo out there as well but if the Rams coaches aren't itching to get these guys on the field then I'm not necessarily concerned about it they are like this is just a new regime and kind of like I mentioned with the whole Fisher and, and McVeigh thing you know when Fisher would make decisions it was kind of like what okay guy like I don't know about this but when McVeigh makes decisions even if I don't necessarily agree with them it's like okay well let's see what happens let's see where this goes so I trust this. I, I just trust this regime a little bit more than I have in the past. so that's what I'll tell you to do as well, Kelsey. just trust trust the trust what McVeigh and, and Phillips and, and, and company are doing. Well, these next few come from Jay. Welcome back to the to the Quesos, Jay. It's been a while, man. Uh, so first one here, who else may have a legitimate uh, legitimate claim to the defensive Player of the Year award besides Aaron Donald? And that's Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack's having an amazing season and I think he kind of came into the season with something to prove, especially after that trade. He's like, "You know what? I wanted this money from you guys. You guys refused to give it to me. I'm going to show you exactly why you should have paid me." And I think he's doing that. I think he's absolutely doing that. And then people are still making fun of John Gruden for that trade. So, I think it's I think that's clear. But uh, I would say Khalil Mack definitely is in that conversation uh number two here from jay rank the three most important rams to close the season and throughout the playoffs for us to win it all i'm going to go with on the defensive side i'm going with Akib Talib. to leave is i think that you know that veteran leadership and uh, not only that but he is a talented corner even at 32 years old i think that he needs to step up he is going to be critical especially against the pass there's this is a passing league now you need good corners if you're gonna if you're gonna do things so I think to leave is very crucial, and I'm going to say Jared Goff, and I'm going to say Andrew Whitworth. Jared Goff, because, I mean, we've seen him have—he's mis- he, made mistakes. We've seen that. We understand that. And, and I think his biggest issue right now is just his pocket presence. He needs to understand when the pressure's coming, where the pressure's coming from, and being able to avoid it. And that's something that we haven't really seen yet. And for Andrew Whitworth, it's making sure that that pressure isn't coming from his blind side— uh, to just put Jared Goff in, in unfavorable situations. So those are my three. Those are those are the three. Akeem Tlaib, Andrew Whitworth, and Jared Goff absolutely have to play really strong football in order for the Rams to win it all this year. Uh, number three from Jay. With Tlaib returning, do you see our D returning to early season form? Steadily, of course. Uh, yeah, I absolutely do. I think that this is a bigger addition uh, or a bigger comeback than I think it's getting credit for. I don't think enough people are really talking about how how much of an impact to Tlaib could have on this Rams defense. And this is like the perfect few weeks to do this because, you know, you got the Lions sitting at four and seven and, you know, you go to Chicago, they're they're sitting at eight and three, but then you don't have a winning team after that. So uh, I think that this is a, a really sweet situation to have Tlaib come back get back in the groove of playing. He's obviously been out for for quite some time. His last game was week three. So, uh, you know, get him some time back and then come to playoffs. I think that this will be a good thing. But uh, the Rams definitely played their best defense when Akeem Talib was on the field this year. So I definitely would say that that it could maybe not necessarily return to being awesome or anything like that or like over the top, but better, much better. I think that this defense is going to get with Talib. Uh, Four from Jay. Everyone is talking about the Bears on our schedule. I think the Eagles will be more uh, will be more of a challenge. I disagree. I absolutely disagree. I think the Eagles are kind of having a a, a bad year. Uh, They're kind of hungover I guess if that's you know if you guys believe in the hangover. I I never really have I guess but uh, I think it just there's so many factors but this team is virtually the same roster wise and they look so much worse than they did last year. So you know, I'm not overly concerned about the Eagles. I mean, what are they sitting at right now? 5 and 6. So, you know, I think the Bears are absolutely a better team than the Eagles, and that's definitely, you know, one that we should be keeping a closer eye on. These games are both on Sunday night, and another factor that I would say is the fact that we're at Chicago, but we're home against the Eagles. And you know, the Rams have not lost at home yet this year. The Rams are 6 and 0 at home uh, with some big wins. So, I think that that game uh, is way more favorable than the Bears game, for sure. Uh, Number five here from Jay. Do you think Gurley is getting annoyed now that he isn't getting as many touchdowns as before? I kind of see it in his body language at times. Um, No, not necessarily. I don't think that Gurley is a really selfish player like that. As long as the Rams are winning, I think he's okay. Uh, And that's simply because of based on things he's said in the past and, and, and how he really conducts himself. I don't think he's a very selfish player. If the Rams are winning... I don't think that Todd Gurley is a guy who is going to be, like, upset that he's not the one scoring touchdowns or anything. And then, of course, I mean, in the Chiefs game, it was, like, really early in that game uh, that he hurt his ankle. So he was limited in that game, and they didn't want to put him in those situations where he could potentially get hurt worse. So uh, as far as that goes, I mean, that game specifically, I would say that 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 was the deal there was his injury. Uh, kind of not feeling good on his ankle there and I kind of saw it right away the second that dude like rolled up on him it was like ooh, and he got up and it was okay and stuff but it was kind of one of those that made me a little bit a little bit weary but hey it worked out Rams one so um, but no I don't think that Todd Gurley is is a player like that let's see here six one here from Jay what Christmas song what would you say describes the Rams season so far Man, I know like two Christmas songs, so <laughs> I'm just going to go with uh, – I can't even think of any names of any. Um, What are some names of Christmas songs? I don't know. Jingle Bells is the thing. Um, that's. I think that's the only Christmas song I can name right now. I'm not necessarily a Christmas song master, so I'm more of a metal guy myself. And uh, there's, some, there's some metal Christmas songs. There's that one by Psycho Stick and then, of course – Corey Taylor did his, which was really cool. Marilyn Manson did the cover of the of the one. But um, <laughs> was, the only one I can really name for you is Jingle Bells, man. I don't know. um, Because the Corey Taylor one doesn't really fit. If I'm not drunk, then it's not Christmas or whatever. So um, that one doesn't really fit. I don't, I don't know, man. That was a hard question. That's like, that maybe the hardest question I've ever been asked. I'll be real with you, Jay. That was like the hardest question I've ever been asked. I don't know enough Christmas songs to know what describes the Ram season. Is there a Christmas song that talks about... How awesome and great Los Angeles is? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that song exists, but if it does, then I'm going to choose that one. Let's see here. This one comes from Joel. We got a few more here. Uh, Joel wants to know, with Donald being eight and a half sacks away from the sack record and us having five games left uh, against not-so-great O-lines, do you think he can break the record? Will Talib being back help or hurt? So I think those are... Unrelated, first of all, I'm just gonna say that, and um, I think that Donald definitely has a chance to do it. And the 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 Rams do play against some pretty bad O lines. I mean, I know that the Cardinals is the 32nd. I don't know about the rankings of everybody else, uh, but I do know the Cardinals are 32nd. Then they he could get three there, three there, and then he only needs five and a half in the other couple games. So or the other four games. So I mean, that's not too crazy. So I think it's possible. I'm not kind of, I'm kind of not banking on it right now because I mean, he's, he's double teamed 72% of his defensive snaps, which is absolutely absurd and way more than anybody else gets double teamed. So, uh, I think that that kind of hurts him there. Uh, maybe these are related Joel, maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a jerk here. So will Taleb be being, being back helper hurt? I think as far as Donald goes, I think it could help, you know, if, if, if the quarterbacks having to hold the ball a little bit longer. Uh, but one thing we've seen is teams that you know, throw the short passes underneath and and do those quick, you know, three-step balls out kind of thing, then, you know, I mean, we don't really cover that, so, uh, and that's hard to get sacks when they're doing that, and also the Rams' corners play really far off, Just Tlaib and Peters both play really far off, so, uh, I don't know, man, I don't know, that's a hard one, but I would say that the chances, I would say, are slim, but it's also Aaron Donald, so who knows, man, this guy, he may just come in and absolutely dominate everybody and just and just own the record which would be cool from a from a defensive tackle especially on a guy who was you know 13th overall and a lot of teams passing on him because of his size and lo and behold that's like his biggest advantage is his size and because he's built like a friggin tank so that helps too um alex wants to know uh, who will lose first rams or saints i think the saints are gonna lose first man i really do i think that I think that the Saints, you know, they have, they have the Steelers. I mean, they're at home for that game. That's going to be a tough one still, though. I don't think enough people are giving the Dallas Cowboys defense a chance against the Saints offense. I mean, they're third in points, seventh in, in yards, uh, Dallas is defensively. I think that there's a chance the, the Saints lose on Thursday. And then, of course, they got two games against the Panthers still, and then a game against the Steelers. These are very good teams. And those two games against the Panthers, I mean, yeah, the Panthers didn't look amazing against the Seahawks, but... uh But they're a division team, and they're a good team still, and I think that that's going to be two tough games. And it's, I believe it's, um, I want to say that they have the the Panthers, then the Steelers, and then the Panthers again. That's a rough stretch right there, man. So I think the Saints absolutely are going to lose at least one more game. Uh, If the Rams do or not, I'm not really sure. Uh, If I had to pick one that the Rams are going to lose, I would say it's probably going to be the Bears, but I don't know. I, I, I think that we can win that game, so I don't know. Uh, but I would say if one of these teams is going to lose a game, it's going to be the Saints. Boom. Uh, Ian wants to know, uh, do the Rams need home field in the playoffs or can they pull one out in, in New Orleans if they meet in the NFC title game? So pretty similar question. I think everybody's kind of worried about this, is uh, <laughs> if the Rams have to play the Saints again in New Orleans. I think that the Rams can do it, man. I absolutely do. You know, 35 points in the first half. I'll keep saying the same thing. 35 points in the first half and absolutely shut them down in the second half. You take away a blown coverage touchdown and the Rams only gave up three points to the Saints in the second half. That is absolutely huge and I, I don't think the the Rams are getting enough credit in that matchup, especially when you look at how that game was played. The Rams defense just really wasn't, basically didn't exist in the first half. Now, you know, kind of bowed up there at the the end of the first half uh, where the Rams were able to kind of do a couple things, but you know the second half was a, a it was a different ball game, and I think the Rams clearly outplayed the Saints there. And you know you take away that first half, and who knows what happens? You you even up the first half, or even just take like one touchdown away from the Saints in that first half, and that's a very very different ball game, and probably a different outcome. I think the Rams can do it. And once the playoffs start, I mean, all bets are off, man. You can't just look at statistics and matchups and, and stuff like that to, to guess a playoff game. They're impossible, man. You know, like, the Rams were way better than the Falcons last year, but lost at home to the Falcons in the playoffs. Uh, so, I mean, you got to look at so many different aspects, but the one thing that you cannot measure, that uh, any statistic cannot portray, is your will to win. And, you know, that kind of intangible uh, part of it. And I think that the Rams in the playoffs this year, I I just I I just kind of have a weird feeling that once it gets to the playoffs, I think the Rams are gonna are gonna do really good things. That's that's what I'll say. Uh, Kelsey wants to know: Will Obo ever get on the field? You know, I actually I <laughs> I don't want to like spoil anything. I also don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but I'm like pretty sure Obo is gonna play this weekend against the Lions. And there was, the reason I think this is because there was a very quick, very quick conversation on Twitter uh, between JB Long and Miles Simmons that I was kind of following. And there was some Oboe talk, and that's all I'll say. But maybe we could see Oboe this weekend. Uh, this last one here comes from Frank. Grade Lamarcus Joyner on his performance this year. I gave him a 7 out of 10. You you know, Lamarcus Joyner, I would say that so far his his season has not necessarily been uh, been his best. Uh but you know, I think he's still much better at safety than he ever was at corner. Uh, safety is what he played at FSU in college. And then of course we, we made him a corner. He was a, a nickel back for us and he was decent there, but I think he really stepped it up to a new level, uh, when he went to safety, when he went to the free safety position, which is where he's at now. And I think, I think he's playing fine. I don't really, I, I wouldn't say there's anything, uh, particular about Lamarcus Joyner specifically that I would say he's not doing a good job. Um, uh, there is some communication issues, but that's not Joiner specific. That's Johnson. That's that's Peters. That's Joyner. Um, that's Hill. That's a lot of guys in the secondary that have had some communication issues. So I'm not going to pinpoint Joyner on that one. So if I had to give him, you know, a grade out of ten, uh, I would, I would maybe give him a seven like you. I would, I, I think that that's about right. Because uh, he's not necessarily blowing up everything like he was last year. Uh, but I wouldn't say that he's playing poorly by any means. Uh, that is going to do it though. That's Fan Casos. There was a whole bunch of Fan quesos for you guys. So I hope you guys like that segment. Because it was a heavy one. It was a heavy one this week. Um, But make sure you guys follow the Ram Showcase on all your favorite social media. That's at Ram Showcase on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at Sheriff Joe Bags on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook.com slash Ram Showcase. Facebook.com slash Sheriff Joe Bags. You can also add me as a friend that is slash Rams Joe B. And, uh, that's my personal profile there if we do not have any mutual friends or anything maybe just send me a message and say what's up and uh let me know that you heard me on the show and you want to be friends and stuff because uh friends are cool i like having friends so make sure you guys do that all right and uh definitely make sure you guys follow ram showcase on all the social media though that's going to be your place to be uh all rams news none of the bs like you get on the, uh, some other sites I don't deal with any of the rumors. I don't deal with any of the, the fake stuff. Everything you see on Ram Showcase is 100% confirmed and 100% factual. That's just the truth. That's just the way it is. I'm laying down the law, Sheriff Joe Bag style. Uh, that is going to do it for me, though. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This is Ram Showcase on Sports War Radio. For those of you that aren't Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you that are Rams fans, thank you guys so much for listening, and you guys have a great night.